You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and I can't decide what my favorite part of the weekend series against the Cleveland Indians was. Was it the 8 nothing victory on Friday night with two homers from Joey Gallo? Or was it the 11-3 and 11-1 defeats in the most important games of the year to knock the Yankees two games in the loss column out of the wild card race? I'm having trouble deciding. I'm a bit of an indecisive guy. Kind of a mixed bag. Something in this series for everyone. If you love blowout games where your team wins, Friday night was awesome. If you love to watch your team suffer extreme painful failure, you might have preferred Saturday and Sunday. There's simply no way of knowing. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. And as always, paying us to talk about this team is a form of ritual torture. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. For the 18th time this year, the season is over. This team is hopeless. Nothing about them makes sense. Will there be a 19th time where the season is over? Or is the season now finally just mercifully over? We could have just really called it after that Angels after that Angels game when Chapman gave up the grand slam to Jared Walsh. It would have made life easier for everybody. Uh, season feels over. Uh, things can change. We all know things can change. However, there is nothing to suggest that things will change because the Yankees couldn't beat a team that can't really hit this weekend. Uh, they failed to hit a guy with a six ERA. Um, I understand Aaron Savali is good, but four hits and a walk in six innings just not you can't you can't do it guys you can't do it not when you're the trotting Indians, out. uh they use their closer in that 11-3 game by the way which means the Yankees are now being punked by under 500 teams from the AL Central as well at <laughs> 11-3 and they go we got an unhittable rookie of the year let's just put him in he yeah. might enjoy Yankee Stadium holy crap yeah I mean uh 
unfortunately, Judge has been the driving force for this team for obviously much of the season. I think he went 0 for 8 in those last two games. Uh, obviously not his fault because the, the, the Yankees fell into a hole uh, early and it, it, they fell into insurmountable holes. That seven run um, fifth inning on Saturday after Gary dropped that pop up. I understand Gary Sanchez didn't spur the rally, uh, but when you have two outs with nobody on a seven run rally, I mean, I'd love to see the percentages between one out and two outs uh, that, that uh, dictate whether that rally is going to happen or not. Um, And then when you're down, you know, they score, it's classic Yankees. There are no runs in the first three, four innings. And then you're wondering, okay, great. When's the next team going to score and put the pressure on us. And then we're really not going to score. Uh, and then Sunday, just a disaster. Guys, Garrett Cole is pitching injured. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yep. It's fairly obvious. Uh, obviously, nobody has told us that. We we don't have sources on that front. But um, you know that he, uh, first of all, he left that game against the Blue Jays very abruptly because he knew something was wrong. Skipped over his start. So what did he get, like an extra two days of rest? Um, yeah, not well, much time. Yeah, not really not much time. Um, comes back. All of his outings have been laborious since then. Um, he hasn't quite looked the same. Uh, he's doing all he, he can to keep this team in the race. Uh, Yankees fans booed him when he walked off the mound yesterday. I'm not Smart sure if anybody stuff, saw that. Uh, really shitty by Yankee fans, but we're going to play both sides of the coin here. Do you boo the guy who's the, who was the AL Cy Young favorite before he got injured? No, he's been largely carrying the Yankees. He stopped the bleeding against the Angels, which is what we begged him to do. He had that 129 pitch outing against the Astros that we thought was going to turn the season around before Chad Green again effectively ruined it. Um, So many outings from Garrett Cole this year that kind of defined him as a true Yankee so far. Um, So to boo him, shitty. Also, though, I don't think the fans were directly booing him. I think they're just directly booing how shitty the Yankees are because they're a shitty bad team. And um, it's just it's classic how you send your ace to the mound in a must win game and it just doesn't work out. And I don't think that's indicative of what Garrett Cole has done for this team. It's just indicative for how this team as a whole has stepped up in moments where they have needed to turn things around or needed to just grab a win over an inferior team and they can't do it. Um, they're now four and four over the stretch of eight <laughs> games that we said were largely. Wait, what is it? Four and four? Yeah, they played the. No, they're they're four and four, three. Four and three. They got four three, and three more left. Sorry, yes. I mean, we we were split between nine and one and eight and two, and both yeah. of those are now impossible. Mm-hmm. Losing one, I mean, losing the Saturday game of the Indians, it, it is whatever it is. That's why you got to win the Orioles game because you're gonna yeah. you're not gonna go undefeated during this stretch. Mm-hmm. Luis Hill, you know, Gary drops a pop up. They're not gonna win that game regardless of Gary dropping a pop up. Blah blah blah. Whatever. You got to win the Sunday game. They don't even come close. I just I'm confused with the booing because I would never endorse booing Garrett Cole. Um, you know, certainly not this season when he has been the horse that has carried this team more often than not. Although he slipped up at Fenway, although he slipped up against the Rays a couple times, and although he has been, you know, looked bad since he got hurt, which, you know, I mean, that that's fine. He's definitely trying to battle through something. I would never boo Garrett Cole, but at the same time, I'm not like indignant to the idea of booing. And some people are like, booing, really? You are lower class of human. And that I can't get behind because it's like, I don't know. I was just born in a world of booing. It's not weird to me that people boo at sporting events. Some people are like, oh, my God, booing your own team, like looking down as if they're at like a wine and cheese festival. It, it never shocks me. I'm, like, 
I wouldn't boo Garrett Cole, but if you're like, Garrett Cole got booed, can you believe it? I'm like, yeah, obviously, yes. You know, I don't know. Booing is booing is sports to me growing up in the Northeast. Like, I'm I'm never blown away by booing, but, you know, I, I wouldn't open my mouth and yell at Garrett Cole. He's certainly in the top five players on this team in terms of importance and in terms of delivering more often than not. Judge... Loizaga, Nestor Cortez Jr., Stanton and Cole. It's probably the top five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't it, the the booing, the booing is tough, but the I mean the, the expectations are just different. Like, I don't know how many times we have to say this. Earlier in the year, we're talking about, oh, uh, are Yankees fans as mad as Blue Jays fans? Because they essentially have the same record. It's like the Yankees are not supposed to be the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are the Yankees are supposed to be worlds better than the Blue Jays and they're just not. And then you look across the league and there's so many other teams who are like scratching and clawing to, to, to kind of be in this position and fighting for a playoff spot. And the Yankees are just languishing to remain in this purgatory where they're not going to make it. And, and you know, you, and it, it, it pains me to say that booing has reached this point because the fans know the Yankees are not going to take care of business against the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. That's the problem. You you and I know that. And I'm not saying that because I don't like them. I mean, I don't like them right now, but that has nothing to do with my, my, my opinion based on what I've watched. They're just not that good. They don't have the drive. They don't have the mental edge and they're booing because these are the games you had to take advantage of. Everybody knew it. Everybody talked about it to the media. All the players were very much aware of what the stakes were and how they could. They, they At so many different points of the season, this team had new life. It was like, okay, you went two and eight in your last 10. Guess what? Here comes six straight easier games against inferior teams. Just get the job done before you have this next big series coming up. And that'll be that. And they continually just don't run with the new life. They don't run with the momentum. They're seven and 15 since the 13 game winning streak guys literally unheard of. It's the worst record in the AL tied with the Orioles. So that's why that's why it's come to the point where your ace and best pitcher is getting is I guess optically getting booed. Like I said, I don't think Garrett Cole is getting booed. I just think the shitty performance by the Yankees as a whole is getting booed and everybody is falling under that umbrella. But that's that, that that's my take on it. It's because everybody knows these six games coming up against the Blue Jays and the Red Sox are not going to go the way anybody is hoping that they do. They're just not. And uh, I mean, sure, there's a possibility that they do fall no. in the Yankees favor. There's no, a possibility. <laughs> I mean, there's a possibility just because um, th- there is th- there's never a hundred percent chance of anything. That's the only reason I'm saying it. Uh, we, you can simply not rule anything out in life because it's weird and because unforeseen things happen. Um, but everybody knows what's probably going to happen because like we talked about the Yankees after this Oriole series are 30 and 37 against divisional opponents. They are not going to make the playoffs because they cannot face the teams that they're, that they should be well-equipped to play. What is it? 74 times, 76 times a year. 19 times four math. I don't know. Um, Oh boy. So yeah, 76 times a year. So you have 76 games against opponents. You should basically know and have a blueprint to defeat. 
And the difference is going to once again come down to 11 and 8 against the Orioles and having losing record uh, records against the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, teams you are directly competing. I'm not even, I don't even care about the Rays, dude. The Rays, the Rays have already punked us for how many years now? It's, it's, it's just the way it's going to be until the Yankees decide they want to flip that narrative, which to me, it doesn't seem like they want to. Um, but yeah, it's going to come down to just not being able to beat divisional opponents and nothing until this point has told us that they are going to do it, especially when their backs are against the wall. Because once again, the team hasn't really proved anything to us when their backs are against the wall, mostly a 500 team outside of an epic August run. That's what we talked about last week. And that's why fans are booing because they see the road ahead and it's not looking good. Yeah, you want to get angry at the Red Sox for facing the Orioles down the stretch. Of course you do. I do, too. I don't like the Red Sox facing the Orioles down the stretch. But the Yankees faced the Orioles six times in the last two weeks, too. It was just two slightly different weeks, and we went three and three against them. So, you know, you should be madder at that. And I think, you know, people are. Uh, Although, again, the Red Sox schedule, flat-out deranged. Uh, You want to bust bust a late-season collapse. Sign yourself up for Orioles, 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 off day, Mets, Mets, off day, or Yankees, 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 we're terrible. <laughs> Orioles, 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 Nationals, Nationals, Nationals. I mean, that's not even, that. that's out of a nightmare. Like, the, the Rays better start winning games, I'm going to be honest, because yeah. if the Yankees even have a minute chance uh, of passing anybody for the wild card spot, which again, we don't, we don't. We're two games back of, of both the Red Sox and the Jays, technically because of uh, the lost column. But if we even have a minute chance, we need the Rays to have clinched uh, home field and everything and, and the whole you know nine yards by that final series. Uh, the Sox right now are seven games back in them with 11 to play. But if the Rays lose every day, the Rays going to Toronto, like it, we need that to be... I'm not saying the Sox are going to pass the Rays, but I'm saying we need that to be over to even have a shot. And it looked like it was going to be. Now it's maybe not because uh, Tampa's bad and Boston's schedule is so easy. Um, you know, yeah, if Boston loses a single one of these games, I'll be surprised. Like, I'm sure they will. Maybe. I don't know. But this is as easy as it gets. Um, meanwhile, you've got Aaron Boone over in our corner saying he has no issue with the team's effort. Quote, even when you're getting your teeth kicked in, the fight is still there. The compete is there. Now we've just got to get the production. The fight isn't close. The fight's specifically not there. The fight not being there has led to the teeth being kicked in. If the fight was there, the players would be preventing the teeth kicking. Am I wrong? Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen a more misguided quote from someone who looked really tired on Sunday and who seemed uh, to be resigned to his fate. There is a contract that must be dealt with at the end of this season, whether it be a, an extension or a shooing out the door, um, he's not under contract. So it's going to take an extension in order for Aaron Boone to be managing the 2022 Yankees. And it doesn't seem realistic to me that there would be a sort of lame duck extension where Boone is given one more year and no. you know, to, to get things under wraps with Brian Cashman. I understand prior. I mean, we ran content prior to this season saying, where's the Aaron Boone extension? Because for as maddening as his in-game decisions have been, they didn't necessarily feel uncorrectable. He certainly had his finger on the pulse in 2019. One of the best individual season managing jobs you'll see in a long time. Um, And he fell victim to some Houston Astros. You know, they were a couple inches away from sending that to game seven. Um, or at least sending game six to extra innings, giving himself a chance. Game two, also in extra innings, Yankees offense blew numerous chances in that game. I don't 
think you could look at game two of that series and say Aaron Boone blew this series. Um, 2019 was his best managing job by far. 2020 was a whole bunch of weirdness. Nobody knew what was going on there. And he obviously was aligned with the front office and Brian Cashman. So it was hard to say that Aaron Boone was going to be outright dismissed, especially since, you know, we have hated his usage of the bullpen. We hate the way he gets people off days. We usually hate his quotes. But then again, we hated Joe Girardi's usage of the bullpen. We hated Joe Torrey's usage of the bullpen. Yankee fans hate a lot of stuff. So entering this year, it seemed kind of safe to say, where's the Aaron Boone extension? You know, he's got wrinkles, but, uh, you know, there's nothing debilitating here. But this season has been outright depressing and debilitating. And you can talk about a you can talk about Yankee fans getting a reality check all you want. Um, You know, I, I think a lot of teams other fan bases are going to listen to everything we have to say all year and go, yeah, that's baseball. Like we're going to be like, no, you don't understand. We're 83 and 67. And we had a ton of preseason expectations. No. Yeah, I know. No, you don't understand. But the bullpen blew like every game. There are a bunch of five run leads and shut shut up, shut up. We know, we know that's, that's what happens. That happened to us every year. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not another team's fan. I don't know how prevalent it is that every loss is going to be quite this depressing and every, you know, Every win streak is met with a corresponding losing streak. Uh, this feels uniquely devastating. This is very clearly the most unlikable Yankee team in a long time. And Boone coming out at the end of an absolutely, you know, a white flag series against the team that doesn't hit, saying the compete levels there is just so tone deaf, it's unbelievable. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, more from the bottom. Stick around. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So, I, I mean, are we in agreement that this is the end of Aaron Boone? And, and sort of, if so, who's next? And if not, why not? Because I, I really, you know, for everything that you could have possibly said entering the season about the front office, you know, Brian Cashman anchored himself to Boone at a certain point. They were sort of intrinsically together. It was hard to say that one was going to stay and one was going to go. But at this point, this is a sinking ship, and and the man who continues to say the compete level is high is beginning to sound like someone who's ready to take some time off. Yeah, I, I look, I I'm willing to criticize Aaron Boone because I don't think he's done the greatest job. Um, but it, it's coincided with a lot of bad luck. This is the best hitting lineup this team has had on paper. And I don't know how long and they're and just, the best rotation in bullpen, yeah. according to the statistics that yeah. have that has ever been executed. And I think if you pair this pitching staff with the 2019 offense, you win. You have a 2018 Red Sox season. You win 109 games. Yeah. You and you win make the, the World, World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's coincided with an, an automatic. It's just odd. Bad luck. Inexplicable regressions, inexplicable slumps. Um, and. It, it and and uh, opponents overachieving the Red Sox were not supposed to be this. We did see the Blue Jays potentially doing this, but the Blue Jays, I think, are living out their ceiling right now, uh, their highest possible ceiling yeah. at this point. So, yes, bad luck. Uh, the Rays somehow are the third best team in baseball after losing how many pl- after losing three of their top starters from last year that that doesn't happen in a Willie regular Adamas, yeah Diego they traded Willie Adamas so yeah like very odd odd things that have contributed to the 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 fall of the Yankees this year but as we've talked about so many times 
you know, five or six more games swing in the Yankees' favor, and the, we're, we're, we have a different tune right now. We're, we're talking very differently at this point, and you could say that five or six games are Aaron Boone's fault or the fact that maybe these regressions and these slumps are happening because Aaron Boone's just not a great motivator. Once again, we're not in the locker room. We're not there to know. We don't have our finger on the pulse. We don't exactly know what's happening. But if you just look at whatever, if you look at whatever over the last however many years, Aaron Boone hasn't particularly elevated the talent he's been given. He hasn't really put guys in the best positions to succeed. I don't know if it's him or the Yankees organization, but they don't reward guys that deserve to be rewarded. They We talked about it a million times. I don't really want to have to get into it again, but they send the wrong message to players. And I don't know what that does mentally to people. But, you know, think about you at your fucking job every day. You probably, you know, most of us, most of us have worked not fun jobs before, and most of us have busted our ass to give the results that our superiors were asking for. And then it's just yeah, like doing hey, a cool. Yankees podcast this year. <laughs> uh, you bust your ass and you get the, re- and you get your boss, the result that was asked and sometimes even exceed expectations. And then, you know, you just get a great, yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, cool. Uh, no raise and, uh, yeah, no, no summer Fridays. Get back to your fucking desk. Um, so I, you see how it affects the morale in, in the everyday workplace. Imagine if you're Luke Voigt, who went on a two week tear and was AL player of the week, and then just doesn't really play that much anymore. Imagine if you're Tyler Wade, who's on an absolute, who, who was on an absolute heater and he's watching Glaber Torres just flat out suck. Uh, it, it like just weak hits can't field. And he's like, well, dude, I, I'm hitting 450. Why can't I like play a couple times a week? That'd be sick. Um, so it, it, Aaron Boone's instinct. I don't know. Once again, we don't, uh, we, we could talk about how the front office has used him as a puppet. We could talk about how the front office has too much influence because that's a lot of the case with most of the rest of baseball. It's happened with the Rays. Uh, Dodgers fans, whether you love or hate Dave Roberts, uh, I think Dave Roberts is, is a solid manager. I think that he, um, is orchestrating a lot of what the front office wants and prefers, and that's the best front office in baseball. So what they want and prefer is usually the right decision. The Yankees front office, as we've seen over the last five, six years is very flawed over relies on certain things. Doesn't really uh, go after the obvious fits, which we've seen uh, how many times we have to talk about Charlie Morton and Michael Brantley or whoever else who would have fit yeah. perfectly with the Yankees issues over the last three, four years. And they just don't do it. They just do something else. Um, I don't know if it's like we said, their quest to be the smartest guys in the room. Um, but back to Aaron Boone, he just, I don't know if the Yankees have sucked that instinct out of him because he has to do so many things by the front office's book, but it is clear that Aaron Boone, whether it's him or not, has doesn't have the human element that we've talked about so many times that Alex Cora has pushing the right buttons with certain players, putting players in the right position to succeed. Once again, dude, like Albert Abreu coming in yesterday. Albert Abreu, really not that great. Why are you putting him in a tough spot? He gives up five earned runs on four hits. Like the guy has decent stuff. He's really not been able to put it together. And, you know, Yankees are down by three. It's the game isn't over, but like you're putting the kid in a position where it's like, all right, dude, stop the bleeding. Let's figure it out. Nope. Okay. Get shelled. We'll leave you on the mound. So just weird stuff that you look at. And when, when the people, I understand most people watching the TV think they know better. 
You're like, oh, why? It doesn't matter what decisions made. If it turns out wrong, someone's going to be like, oh, why'd you do that? It could have been, it should have been this. It should have been, it should have been that. But there have been an odd number of times this year where you are sitting there and you're like, what, but why is this happening? And you say it before it, before the result happens, even if the result is something positive, even, or if the result is something negative before the pitching changes made before the lineup changes made before the lineup card is it before the lineup card actually takes the field when it's released. You're like, why is this what we're doing today? And Aaron Boot is in charge of those decisions. So when you have that many times or you're questioning or you're raising an eyebrow, you have to blame the manager. And I, I think it's just a lot of that is on him, whether it's his, it, under his control or not. And that's why it worries me, because if it is on the front office and they still think Aaron Boone's the guy for the job, we're just going to be stuck on loop for the next, what, three years, four years, if he gets another contract extension, and that's going to be hell. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's gone. I really am not. Um, and the I mean, the only thing I'm convinced of is he's not going to get a one-year extension. They're either going to show yeah. faith in him or they're going to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I mean, I, you look at New York right now, and we've got, this Aaron Boone situation that isn't getting any better. And there's something rotten with this team. And I don't know if it's him or if it's the players and I'm about to blame the players in a second. So don't think this is just going to be the, you know, 30 minute angry fan, Aaron Boone podcast, because there's a lot to be said for the guys on the field. There are guys on the field who have to be on the field. uh, Unless you want to make a difficult decision. Aaron Boone does not seem ready to make that decision. And the players who need to be on the field have been much worse than the guys who should be replacing that. But you know, you look at New York sports, and you've got Aaron Boone stuck in between. I don't know what's rotten with this team. I don't know if it's Cashman, Boone, the players are equal slices of the pie for everybody. But it's a team that's regressing every year from a 2017. I mean, the 2019 was the best, uh, you know, was the peak, but was not quite as good a playoff performance as 2017. I, I don't like when people say 2017 was the peak, though, because the te- the record that year was worse. Um, they won like 92 games. They were better in 2018, but overshadowed by the Red Sox and better in 2019. So it's not like they've, they just got worse every year from 2017. I think it's a stupid take. Um, they, they accidentally got to game seven of the ALCS that year. They somehow plowed past a hundred two win Indians team in 2017. We all love that team, but the 2019 team was better. I think that's, that needs to be said. Um, but they, so they didn't just go down from 2017, but they did go up and then very much back. Uh, last year's team was the same team as this year. It was it was inconsistency. It was 33 and 27 at the finish, but it was a 10 game winning streak followed by an absolute losing jag at the end of the season that lost them home field advantage in the wild card round and almost sent them to Tampa for the little weird three game series. They, they were almost the eight seed in the AL playoff field, something that doesn't exist this year. So they almost missed the playoffs in the shortened season. After a 10-game winning streak from like September 8th to 18th or, or whatever that was, mm-hmm. they, they went to Fenway. They beat up Toronto like 15-3, 20-4, whatever. It was crazy. Um, but same roller coaster ride as this year, just packed into a 60-game season. And then this season, the ultimate roller coaster ride. There's there's something clearly wrong here. This is an American League favorite two years in a row that doesn't look like a team of that pedigree at all. You watch them in big games, you know they're gonna wilt because they don't have enough arms to get to the finish line, you know, in the bullpen and they don't have an offense that can overcome very small speed bumps. So there's something wrong here. 
needs to be cleaned up, whether it's, you know, dismissing Boone or a huge roster shuffle. And with the brain trust in place, I'm worried it's going to be the wrong roster shuffle. Then you look over to the New York Giants through the exact same thing. Same underperformance every year. The worst team in the NFL since the boat party picture was taken in 2017. They've been objectionable. And the front office gets a mandate to continue improving, quote unquote, the team every year. It's Dave Gettleman every year. They make the same wrong draft picks. They make the same extravagant free agent signings. They make the same failure. You know, they, they don't reinforce the offensive line properly. They misevaluate the one position they claim they're smart and able to evaluate properly. And so you look at the Giants and you look how far they've spiraled and you look at the Yankees and you look at the people in charge of what is clearly a team on the downswing and you wonder how we've possibly let two regimes get to this point. And then obviously you look over to the New York Rangers and it's the opposite failure. It's a complete regime change, but in with the, in the throes of insanity, it's like a regime. It's like if you put uh, if George was still a live fan in charge of the Yankees and they took the stage day one and they were like, thank you. Thank you. From now on, players will be fined when they hit home runs. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? So like there is a danger in regime change, right? You have to trust uh, ownership and you have to trust the people making the decisions that they're not just going to pivot to insanity and like bring back, you know, abolish the home run derby and do a bunt and say no batting practice. Cause we don't want our players to get tired or something like the, the Rangers have gone in the other direction, but you look at the Yankees and giants and you wonder, can we, we are two of our teams are currently stuck different levels of modality, but they're both stuck. Are we possibly going to get out of it? Um, and that, that brings you to the players, right? That brings me to the players. Um, Gio Urshela and, and Gleyber Torres miss a, a large chunk of time and the team gets better. Glaber Torres and Gio Urshela comes back, come come back, and the team gets worse, yeah. uh, demonstrably worse. Every time Gio Urshela comes back this year, the team gets worse. Um, he's only been a slightly below average player. Glaber Torres has been a far below average player. But without the 2019 baseballs, DJ LeMahieu has looked different. Glaber Torres looked different. Gio Urshela has looked different. Um, Gary Sanchez has been awful since August 1st. Sorry. I mean, there's nothing really the Yankees can do there. No. You can't start Kyle Higashioka every day. That's a that's a beginning of season failure. That's a misplaced faith. Um, and usually you can bury one bad offensive player, but this year you can't. Gary Sanchez has been bad since August first. Just true. Gary Sanchez's walk off against the Twins the other day might have just been the the most confusing moment of the season. How did he possibly get around on that? How did he come through in the clutch? Yeah. Is, is Minnesota that strong? Is is Minnesota like that strong a contributing factor to the Yankees' success? I, I guess because that game was completely out of character for this team, uh, and it ended in the most out of character way possible. Uh, so you got a, a hole behind the diamond that needs to be filled. You've got Andrew Velasquez hanging out. Triple A season's over, doing nothing. Uh, instead, they've decided to reshuffle the entire infield, which wouldn't be quite as much of a problem if LeMahieu, Torres, and Urshela had all even equated. Ex- you know, they don't have to exceed expectations. You don't even have to reach them. You just have to get in the ballpark. None of the three have done that. Brett Gardner has been one of the Yankees' best players for the past two months. Um, none of that is what should be happening. Um, there should be, you know, a Clint Frazier type should be involved in this team somehow, and, and he's not. Um, Aaron Hicks was supposed to be here. He's not. So they don't have a center fielder in the future yet, the immediate future. They don't have a middle infield sorted out. I don't think Anthony Rizzo is coming back, and, and I don't know if there's been a reason over the past month and a half to bring Anthony Rizzo back. No. Um, I think this team is is close, of course. I mean, the, the minor league system has every level uh, player has outperformed expectations significantly. Anthony Volpe is now someone who must be game-planned for. There's pitching at double-A. There, there are a lot of interesting pieces, if only the Yankees are willing to supplement it in free agency this year, um, maybe pull off another Cashman pitching trade. But 
you know, they're not terribly far off, but they are dangerously close to being stuck in a cycle. And, and the players are certainly to blame because, again, you know, through the first through the boring first half, we said any other combination of players would be more interesting than this group and would perform better. And we were proven right when they got a completely different combination of players to play the end of July and all of August. And then we were proven right yet again when those boring players from the first half came back and the team got worse. That's it. Yeah, it's I can't it's it's hard to even fathom because. There, all these, all the roster construction. You talk about Gary behind the plate. I understand it's been a tough situation with him. You got to give him another chance after 2020 because that was a fake season for everybody. But we've seen the cracks in Gary's game, and the Yankees, for whatever reason, think that massive advantage of having a catcher who can who has the potential to hit 30 home runs behind the plate is going to make all the difference. It it does make the difference if the catcher can can adequately field Gary Sanchez just cannot he's cost the team two. you could you could argue he's cost the team two games over the last week missing the Clay Holmes fastball and dropping that pop-up against the Indians that spurred that that may or may not have spurred a seven run inning but those are all you need is good defense behind the plate and good defense at shortstop and the amount of runs that's going to save is going to be more valuable than the runs that you think you're creating with hitters who are in your mind worlds better than the other hitters uh, across the league at those positions. So, and you look at the Yankees win streak in August, what were they doing? They were stealing bases. They were being aggressive. They were playing good defense. They weren't making many mistakes. It really doesn't take much to win baseball games. It's, it's the it's the this, this team trying to get fancy, trying to get sexy with every single one of their roster decisions. Um, like we said, trying to be the smartest people in the room. Um, and what were, I think the Yankees were what like fifteen and seven with Velasquez and uh, and Wade playing, and then Gio and Torres come back, and it's completely flipped they were 15 and seven or, or something like that. And now they're seven and 15 or, or I, I don't even know what it was something insane. It's completely flipped. So, um, and then you look at, you know, the playoffs last year, like Higashioka, the, the Yankees didn't have any fatal errors in the playoffs that cost them. It just ended up being the bats going silent and some untimely pitching decisions. I would venture to argue that if Gary Sanchez is behind the plate for a majority of those reps in the ALDS, it probably doesn't get to five games. It just might, it probably doesn't. And it's so many things like that where I don't know how the front office hasn't realized, okay, we just need, we need to stop with like heading into maybe. And that's the other thing. A lot of these situations have just been hard. Like you have to give Gary and Glaber a chance after a short in 2020, that wasn't really indicative of anybody, uh, anybody's abilities because they were either inflated or super deflated. But at the same time, like you also just have to make, you also have to have some sort of an instinct about somebody instead of just having to, instead of just wanting to wait all of these things out to see all of your decisions through because you need to be validated in all of them. And that's another problem. And yeah, it is on the players, but it's also, it's also on the front office for the construction and then, and the constant belief that they need to see things out. Um, And yeah, it'd be great if it'd be great if a lot of the players just didn't do what they have been doing. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. It'd be great if they could just play like adequate baseball, but so many embarrassing moments this year that have us talking like this, and then they'll fool us by maybe sweeping the series against the Rangers and coming within a game of, I know, but they won't. 
you know how it goes. They win the 13 game. They have the 13 game win streak. And we're like, oh, well, this is what we expected from this team. This is what we've been waiting to see. And it's true. It's what we've been waiting to see. It's what this team is. It's the best. It's the it's the most insane lineup you've construction you've seen on probably almost any team over the last five years. Um, and the, the pitching's been overachieving. So you're expecting so many things. And then they do something like that. And you're like, yeah, this is this is it. This is what we've been envisioning, not nonstop winning, but, you know, barreling over opponents, making the right plays, coming through in the clutch, um, uh, staying resilient in tough situations. And then it's just back to being boring and sucky and shitty. And that's why we're here talking about it now. And yeah, there's no reason to there's no reason to believe that once again, there was no reason to believe in June that this season was going to turn around because magically the players are going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's just like start playing better and like, you know, care more because now we're in the, at the end of September and there's two weeks left and they just played a series where they weren't playing better and they seem to not really care. So what evidence does anybody have to think that there's going to be a late season run here aside from just a stroke of good luck? There's just not. Yeah. They've acclimated Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo into the shitty family. Joey Gallo red hot for like nine days, hurt his neck. Of course, um, this just is what it is. Like, sure, they could sweep the Rangers. I, I don't think they will. But the, the pitching, I mean, they're facing a guy with a three ERA today. That means automatic loss. <laughs> you got to be facing a guy with a five or higher ERA for the Yankees to win. Or you got to be facing a great team. That's the either you're facing the White Sox or you're facing a guy who has an objectionable ERA. Because otherwise, you're not winning. <laughs> um, they face Dane Dunning tomorrow. He already beat him this year. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's impossible to be like, they're going to sweep the Rangers. But let's if they sweep the Rangers, they will be within striking distance of the Red Sox and Blue Jays. All they'll really need to do is take two out of three in both of those series, and they'll probably be okay. But they won't do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, time to move on. I mean, the sooner the better for, for me at, at this point. I would never, ever, ever root against my team and will never do that. And every loss hurts me just as much as a random loss in early April. But... I, I'm I am so tired of the 2021 Yankees. And I think a lot of people who usually are reserved with their judgment share that mindset. It's it's incredibly frustrating. It, it's so, so boring. Um, and they don't have the spark that special teams typically have uh that can carry you through a difficult stretch. There there aren't that many moments where I would circle this year. Garrett Cole beating Houston, I would go, Great, that was awesome. I love that. Nestor Cortez Jr. beating Houston. It's like, yeah, that late comeback at Fenway. Amazing. And outside of that, I mean Garrett Cole and, and Chapman teamed up to beat the Rays one nothing in Tampa. That was great. I mean, a, a couple of things have been fun, but not not enough sparks in, in a season this long. And uh, that's that's just that's where I'm at. I don't I don't. Every season ends with a whimper. People hate us as if we're still the preeminent, you know, bullies <laughs> and villains in the league. Um, a, a road series and I'm sure Red Sox fans are nervous about the Yankees coming to Fenway and I'm sure Blue Jays fans are nervous about the Yankees coming to Rogers Center but I tell you who knows what's going to happen in both those series already it's it's most Yankee fans Um, and, and unfortunately we're projecting that energy onto the team that has decided to give up to save us in an early winter Um, that's really what it feels like Um, the, the Boston Red Sox demanded to wear their City Connect jerseys this weekend because they wanted to connect with their city I guess and they beat the Baltimore Orioles and that's good for them um, but imagine Yankee, Yankees banding together and being like, we got to wear wristbands to show that we never give up or we're going to wear our FDNY hats, you know, for the entire month of September. I mean, that that's illegal. You can't do that. But like, a- imagine the Yankees doing anything. That's like a team bonding exercise. You, you can't because they don't represent anything right now. They're the most muddled vision 
in Yankee Dumb, and we could really use twenty-year-old Anthony Volpe from the from uh, from New York, a New Jersey native. Um, that'd be great. Um, parting thoughts? Do you have any final thoughts on this terrible team? No, uh, no. They once again they have to take care of business. That's all we're gonna. That's what we've said the last three series. God, gotta be a sweep. Got you. Gotta win. Gotta win X amount. I guess they could salvage it with a sweep, and they go seven and three over the ten game stretch. One to two games worse than we had thought. But yeah, like I said, don't really have confidence in it. They're playing a bad team. They play down to the competition. We still don't know why. Um, and they can't play divisional opponents. So right now, this stretch of next nine games is the antithesis of the 2021 uh, New York Yankees. So not really optimistic. Like you said, still rooting for my team, but, you know, rip the Band-Aid off. And if the season's going to end early, it's going to end early. And I-, I can't care because this isn't working for the most part. It's not working to the magnitude at which it should. And hopefully the failures of this team will require some drastic moves from the front office, which haven't happened in a, a, a pretty long time. So it, it sh- it's going to sound some alarm bells if, it, if the season doesn't turn out the way it should. And I, either way, I'll be happy with the result. The Yankees getting to the playoffs, very cool. Deep team, scary team to face. Playoff baseball, everyone, you know, is very different. Every single pitch matters. And then you have a guy like Garrett Cole who could take over a game. That's sweet. You have Nestor Cortez, who's who's risen to the occasion. That's great. You have hitters like Giancarlo Stanton, who seemingly shines in August and uh, uh, September, and Aaron Judge, who's typically always delivered in the postseason. Threatening team. Could be fun. But also, if the season ended, great. Back to the drawing board. Like get re- Figure out how we're going to reconstruct this entire roster and get back to our winning ways because it, this is embarrassing. This should be embarrassing for everybody because if it's embarrassing for the fans, that's how you know the, 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 the organization itself needs to be feeling the heat in terms of, in terms of making overarching moves to, to, to orchestrate some sort of facelift. So I'm fine with either outcome because I, I, know, I know what I'm watching. You know, it's like Aaron Boone and the Yankees don't need to tell me what I did or didn't see on a given night. I saw a bad effort. You don't need to tell me that there is a lot of fight, you know, shit like that. So whatever happens, happens, guys. That's the universe. That's the world for you. Enjoy it. Silver lining and everything. Yankees make the playoffs. Could be fun. Yankees don't. Big changes coming. New era on the way. Great. Yeah. The Gaslit by Aaron Boone podcast. What a what a fun time for all of us. Uh, that is it for this Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Hate dropping into morose voice for the second half of an entire podcast. I'd rather be energetic guy, but eh, team's not good. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, if you want more of the downtrodden uh, I guess tone and energy. You head on over to yanksyard.com. We're trying to figure out what's going to happen over the stretch and over the final stretch and in the offseason. You could talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, podcast. You could talk to us there too if you want to log Come on. on the podcast. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Yanks Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, we'll be there. We got a game tonight. So here we go. Maybe we start off something new and it could be fun. Probably not, but we're here to talk to you. We're, we're here to try to inform you and until then we'll talk to you on wednesday everyone yes we will see you wednesday something you probably do know progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto they offer you round-the-clock protection something you probably don't know 
The driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know, there's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know, a basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.